0: previously on box cutters
1: wild hair wild hair wild hair wild, hair. wild, wild yeah.
0: hair which i think was a Duran Duran song it
1: was a huge hit for them
2: box cutters
3: box cutters box cutters,
2: box cutters. Box cutters. Box cutters. <laughs> hello and <laughs> welcome to box cutters
0: episode 284 it's not the way we expected My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards Hello, listener Sorry, I screwed that up Wait, 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 wait. It's not as expected Josh Canal to my left the amazing and adorable John Richards. Hello, listener. <laughs> and to my right, the quite ordinary Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Because have Brent, you, 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 uh, you, you have changed your name by DePO. Well, you, you haven't been to Seattle and been called uh, amazing and adorable, or adorable and amazing. No, amazing and adorable. Not publicly. By uh, Seattle gay scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, not by Seattle. So, so, so
1: no, no gay publication has in the last week mentioned your adorable. Oh, certainly not in the last week, no. <laughs> because uh,
0: b- because the, the publication, Seattle Gay Scene, has, uh, has declared John Richards our very own amazing and adorable. That's what it's called, Seattle Gay Scene. It's, it's called Seattle scene. Gay Scene. It's, it's an online,
1: online publication. Ah, yeah. I do say, though, I think they use the word adorable in the kind of like a, a dog eating peanut butter trying to speak kind of way. It's like, <gasps> oh, he thinks he's people. Because they don't actually understand what the hell I'm saying at any moment right adorable adorable, <laughs> adorable. oh aren't you
2: adorable that's You adorable. Here, have a snack
0: yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> Look see at how he
2: tries to talk
0: <laughs> it sounded it sounded so much better <laughs> it sounded so much better until you put that spin on it yeah uh coming up later on in this episode of box cutters john you are going to tell us about your trip to seattle your award-winning trip to seattle I award-winning i've brought slides and your trip
2: excellent your trip won an award
1: as well yeah I, I walking down the street you win an award yeah, adorableness award. <laughs> I am actually much more attractive in the northern hemisphere. I think it's a whole Superman red sun, yellow sun kind of thing. We're going to have uh, some uh, some pork with uh, trotters with Toby Halligan. Mm.
0: Uh, we'll we'll hear from Toby later on in the episode. We're going to uh, review the UK show. Yes, you heard me right, UK British show. So, uh, fresh meat. We've got some letters to box cutters. We've got one thing. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. now remember how steve jobs died yes right steve jobs he died and then like two weeks later uh his biography comes out
1: so Mm. so coincidence (laughs) do you think the publishers i'm just saying you follow the money (laughs) and if you follow the money there is one particular group doing very well out of this
0: but but a lot of people are concentrating on, on a single phrase uh, that, that Steve Jobs said to his biographer, so this is a, an official biography, Steve Jobs said to his biographer, i finally cracked it in relation to building an Apple-branded television. Nobody knows what that means, mm. but there has been so much speculation in the last week over what uh, an Apple-branded television could be that, it, that the speculation itself has become a news story. And the popular notion now is that uh, th- that Jobs was working on a way to improve television in, in the same like improve a television set as a concept in the same way that he was trying to improve a phone or a music player as a concept and the uh, the, the big theory now is that uh, he was planning on a TV set that uh, instead of having a remote control for for navigation or interaction, you used Siri,
1: the Apple voice control. Because That would the not theory. in any way be annoying. I, I thought you were going like the power of your mind or something there, because it sounds like this is already going into conspiracy theory
2: I, levels. I, of, I believe there were uh, a, a group of people around him as he as he uh, uttered these words, and, and there was and there was a, a, a phrase left out of the report. It's buried under a big W. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a mad, mad,
0: mad, mad world. Yep. The uh, the it, it is it is weird though because it, it, that's
1: it. It does sound like you know the die, the dying mystery. But I am we thinking that a voice operated isn't that just a terrible idea? Am I missing something here? It just seems like like surely. Well, I think even for Siri, you have to press
0: a button. Oh, okay. before you
1: can so you, oh, hold you hold press it
0: you press a button so it knows. So if I'm that pressing a button on my it.
1: remote in order to use my remote.
0: But you Shouldn't have. not I just use my remote? But that's when you get the Apple couch, the accessory. Because all, all Apple products have <laughs> accessories, right? right? So you get the Apple couch, and the couch has a button built into it.
1: Which so, you can flex with your buttocks.
0: Yeah. Right. So it's like Siri, tell me uh, what's on Channel 7. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's going to work. IINet are uh, in trouble. They've had a, an ad taken off television because. Why has it been taken off? I, apparently it's been taken off oh. uh, because it, it, of tooth frames. Well, is it an Easter egg or is it subliminal advertising? Well, it's not saying "buy I" "buy Bob" "buy Bob." The uh, the, the there was a, there was two frames uh, with a sign that pops up in the ad that says "Congratulations, you've managed to pause the ad on this sign, and we're going to give you something for free." That was it. And go to this website, and the first hundred people who go to that website will get something for free. Yep. And why has this been taken off? Where was the problem? Because (laughs) people think that it's subliminal advertising. And subliminal advertising is actually illegal? Subliminal advertising is illegal. In the 2007 ARIA Awards, uh, Channel 10 had subliminal Uh, ads for KFC, KFC. which was the logo, so it wasn't wasn't a block
1: of text. But I do seem to remember, and, and this is where Toby Halligan's, you know, Mad skills will come in. That hasn't. There's never been any proof that subliminal advertising actually has. An no, effect. but if you
0: remember the pilot episode of Max Headroom, fifteen minutes into the future, it Blitverts. Can make, yeah, people can explode. People can explode. But apart <coughs> it's from dangerous. that, apart from making people explode,
1: there's no proof. That,
0: yeah, a- apart from that, okay. apart from these scanners-like effects of subliminal advertising, aka blipverts, mm-hmm. there is no proof. And that is fictional. To be fair. No, it's fifteen minutes into the future. You don't know that it's fictional until you get there. That's the whole point. So the ad's been taken off. I, I, I think the the ad has has been taken off and uh, and and it's under investigation. Wow, uh, that's uh, that's not the first bad thing iinet's done. But uh, I, like, is it even bad, or is it just people misunderstanding the like the use of how, how is it different to uh, in that episode of. Uh, Uh, my name is earl where randy writes hd rocks on a piece of paper and holds it up in the background for a couple of seconds but it can only be seen by people who have hd televisions and are watching that episode on hd Uh how's it different to that it's only visible by people who
1: pause it or who care or who watch ads i think i'm also confused because this is within an ad and I thought the whole problem with subliminal advertising was that it was happening in place of something that wasn't an ad, like taking place during the content, whereas this... But it's like
2: about it. it, it the, the, the theory is that subliminal advertising talks directly to your subconscious that you don't have barriers up to, to the message from.
1: So even using it within your ad, the idea is it will, it will, it
0: yeah, will go yeah, deeper than the ad It's got an unfair ad is, advantage. Okay. It's the theory. The, the most recent episode of South Park uh, actually uh, suggested that there is subtext A.K. Or, or or subliminal messaging, uh, but they called it subtext within uh, Broadway musicals that encourages wives to give their husbands blowjobs, and that's why husbands like to go to Broadway musicals with their wives because they always get a blowjob afterwards. <laughs> and uh, and and so it's they, they don't have guys and dolls in it, but, but it's essentially like guys and dolls and blowjobs. We just <laughs> a bunch of guys and dolls and blowjobs. Like it's it's just that it's just people shouting blowjobs in the background. It's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny episode. Uh, the 2010-2011 drama report has been released by S- Screen Australia. And uh, and it says that drama production for TV in Australia has gone up by 12% in the last year. That's great. 12%. So it's, is that from a low kind of base level? Well, I, d- I don't know. I don't know what what the 2009, 2010 one said. But a 12% increase kind of fits in with the problems that... Like John, you've had with Outland uh, being kind of pushed back in the ABC schedule because, because so much, much content, There's yes. so, so much content that's gone on. Uh, however, Screen Australia don't seem to think that there is a problem <laughs> with Outland. If I can show you the cover of the report,
1: because the cover is in fact Ben Gerard, lovely Ben Gerard, who plays Toby in Outland. So there you go, the drama reporter uh, uh-huh. with a show that didn't go on air in that time period. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is, is featured also, very heavily. can I mention bigger than The Slap?
0: Much bigger than The Slap. <laughs> Outland, bigger than The Slap, according to Screen Australia. Yeah. Further to a story we had a, a few weeks ago with respect to China TV uh, axing the popular Supergirl talent show, uh, from January 1st, the Chinese provincial channels are only going to be allowed to show two entertainment shows between 7.30pm and 10pm. With no more than ten talent contests aired nationwide in any one year, and there's also going to be a limit to how many Taiwanese performers can appear on television. These these are some rules that China is is going to start to to put onto uh, t- to their television. And remember how I thought like it might be. A, a good idea a couple of weeks ago. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea anymore. But with more details, here, here is Toby Halligan.
3: Thank you, Mr. Canal. Um, just to provide a tiny bit of context, because it's obviously a pretty huge market, um, all television in China is regulated by the State Administration of Radio, Film and Television, and they directly control a variety of state-owned enterprises, like, uh, for example, the biggest TV station in China, and indeed, I think, the world, the Chinese Central TV. yes that does abbreviate to CCTV. That's the name of the main state station. That right? is that is frightening.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a little bit scary. CCTV for those who don't know it's closed circuit television, yeah. which
3: is television that is spying on you exactly. at all times. It's a bit Orwellian. Um throughout uh, China there's actually approximately 3000 different television stations. Um but the main competition for CCTV is uh provincial satellite stations basically. In 2005 they were watched by 125 million households. Um I That number's grown enormously over the last um, six years. So it's probably now well over 200 million people have access to these provincial stations.
0: And and these are the same stations that are in trouble for uh, importing too many Taiwanese
3: programs. Absolutely, and also for importing other kinds of different international programs, like um, other reality TV shows, for example, shows like Top Gear, et cetera, like um, um, from overseas. Um, But the specific... uh, issue that's occurred recently so basically there's been quite a lengthy history here of the regulation so for example the SAFT as it's called that's the regulator um imposes restrictions on shows that relate to criminality that document social evils or conflicts um, and they basically they prefer programming that encourages harmonious Healthy and main melody lifestyles um, shows uh, relate, relate, relate to art appreciation, history, geography, astrology, and charity. Basically, so astrology. Yeah, not astronomy. No, astrology. 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 Um, among the other things that uh, uh, the Saft has warned against is uh, television shows that involve time travel. That was something that came hey, out. So of I the remember that came out because that, party, that yeah. sounded a bit
1: mad. And I wanted to ask you because throughout this the list reads completely random yep. to me, and I, I was going to ask you so like for example, there's this bit about um, the first heartthrob, um, which is a sort of uh, American Idol type show as well, I think, and then another one called yep. Happy Boys Voice. Um, Happy Boys Voice uh, have been told they're prohibited from showing crying contestants, yep. unhealthy songs, or wild hair. Yeah no, there is well Channel
0: Ten would have no no, no but, but why because I,
1: mean, I read this and it's random. Does it actually add up together to mean something? It's
3: about social conformity, and so I think, you know, much more generally, everyone's aware China's growing economically very, very quickly, um, but underlying that, there's a huge amount of social unrest and social inequality. And basically, I think the Communist Party gets extremely paranoid when Western phenomena are basically applied to the Chinese market, because they can't always predict the way shows will go. So, for example... Earlier this year, uh, one of the biggest problems related to dating shows where uh, a contestant... uh, on a dating show said that she would much prefer to be told she was was one of these shows where you know
0: like, like perfect match, you go you go on holidays together and then girl come back
3: engages to- with guy or whatever, talks through door, blah blah blah. Um, she said she would much prefer to be told a joke in the back of a BMW than on the back of a bicycle. And that comment went viral. And, and she said she'd
1: rather cry in a BMW yeah, that was exactly than laugh it.
3: on yeah, a bicycle. That 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 no, so that is exactly the quote. And that caused huge controversy because of the materialism throughout it? China. Exactly because of the materialism because you you know millions and millions of Chinese you know uh, aren't able to get work and aren't able to earn enough effectively. So I think there's this kind of culture clash with these kinds of programs. Pardon me, sorry, I just bumped the mic. The other big problem, though, with these reality TV shows in particular is that a lot of them involve democracy. So a lot of the singing shows, the crackdowns, don't necessarily involve, you know, because people uh, have the wrong kind of hair or they're singing songs about things that are socially inappropriate, but, but they're, they're voting. vote on who they want to win. So it's actually the voting, you think? It's the that, Well, that's one component of it. That's one of the many, many components of it. Another one of the, the big problems they have uh, with uh, different kinds of TV shows is uh, the, the fact that um, the one-child policy means there's 25 million um, young men now in China who are never going to get married because they're just there physically aren't enough women in China. For all these guys to get married, it means that there is this enormous underlying social tension. These kinds of dating shows that seem to us incredibly innocuous um, uh, can provoke very, very quickly like enormous kinds of social outcry. But um, the the latest restrictions are. Uh, Some of the biggest and most significant, they're incredibly restrictive. They're also requiring that news, uh, two hours of uh, news, be shown um, during prime time hours as well, um, which is a major imposition on the cable networks. Because basically, one of the biggest concerns that CCTV has had is that it's been losing market share to the satellite channels. So that's another thing that's underlined. Which this. means that the government is losing its voice. Absolutely. It's losing control. We should be clear, by the way, that all these satellite stations already... Like, they're not showing anything about Tiananmen Square or anything they're, at all controversial. They're not showing
0: the, not showing the Doctor Who full-on No. Episode. No. I don't think
3: they would be. I don't <laughs> think they would be. There's already huge no, amounts of restrictions on them. This is just another escalation.
1: Going on from that, though. So it says um, the People's Daily also condemned what well, they quote excessive entertainment. Yep. On China's TV, <laughs> yep. which is a terrifying phrase in itself, um, and that they were urging restrictions on dating shows, talent shows, emotion shows. Yeah. Well, what's it emotion
3: show? That's, again, where people cry or where people display avert emotion okay. to, you presume, getting rewards of different kinds mm-hmm. and... Uh, getting a date? Oh, <laughs> like,
0: like, strictly speaking. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Games, varieties, talk shows, and reality shows during prime time, they also wanted to restrict shows that, quote, record the dark and gloomy side of society. And you... Uh, look, what's left? It feels like they're, they're wiping out the... What's,
0: what's, shallow left, stuff. what's left is shows about art, geology, geography, <laughs> and astrology. astrology. It is
3: literally, you know, exactly... A basically, de- you know, kind of propaganda, effectively. The kinds of stuff... Because let's be clear, the kind of art that's included, like a y art ain't going to be on those art history categories so this is just a, a pretty major because one of the interesting things about satellite television is that while with the internet like ultimately it's been possible for the government to impose centralized control because of the very nature of the internet and the way you get it means mm. that you know it's much easier to impose firewalls and block things out to catch people if they're looking at bad things um the illegal satellite TV market in China is enormous and obviously all you need for that is you know like a guy to come over and it's like you know the the Simpsons episode of getting illegal cable or whatever like so satellite TV is actually uh, you know something that people can access much more readily often than the internet and it is actually
2: I, with with a uh, uh, pirate card or whatever can they not pick up satellites uh from from uh TV channels designed for other countries yeah they can Backhand. but but china's china is so large oh, everybody in the middle won't be able to yeah. necessarily so, but yeah i right. mean like if you're over on the on the if East you're on coast. the taiwanese
0: side or the, but, I, we, we do have a lot of listeners in china mm. uh, and or oh, we did up until this episode <laughs> this one's probably <laughs> the great be firewall
3: band. has fallen yeah. down fall. in china I, just,
0: I, just, I can tell you i'm not mentioning this bit in the uh, in the program <laughs> description uh, the uh, I, I would like to hear from from some of you uh, if you can send Absolutely. us an email, hooray, at boxcutters dot net, and tell us about uh, TV in China and and what what these new restrictions are going to mean for for you as as a viewer and how how it's going to affect you. Uh, it, it does make me think about that Michelle Grattan article that we had a, a few weeks ago, where she was uh, quoting a survey that said uh, that people didn't think that uh, taxpayers' money should be spent on things like At Home with Julia. Uh, which implies that people think that the government should have more control over what is happening on the ABC. And makes me wonder if people actually realise what they're saying when they, when, when they say things like that. Mm. And that is the Box Cutters News.
3: What is this? Port and, uh, and vodka. And
0: Baileys. At Stowe, we called it the Stominator. Should probably get back to my friends. Okay, cool. You know, if you uh, pluck any fruit from the pussy tree,
2: camera phone that shit up, Bluetooth my ass, wank swap. <laughs>
3: Sounds fun. Um, well, we should probably meet up tomorrow f- for lunch or something, you know. Get a motherfucking baked potato. Right, dude? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, uh, I can't make that,
0: because although I'm here, I came to the wrong thing. I'm actually at Nutsford doing agricultural engineering, so it's been amazing. And uh, I've got to go to Nutsford, so laters.
3: Will you at least see if this
2: coke is
0: poisonous? Fresh Meat is a UK show on Channel Four over there, but also four on demand, four HD, four whichever way you want it. It's uh, it's all over the place. It is uh, created by Jesse Armstrong and Sam Bain, who are the creators of Peep Show. Uh, uh, okay, and uh, but but it it feels a lot to me like a natural extension to Inbetweeners. Uh, a, another channel Four show that uh, I think we reviewed something that left me cold Oh, really That's which, right? yeah which I, I i thought I thought it was fun but that it really um, it was awkwardly childish. executed It was awkwardly executed but it, but it was about it was it was about high school but uh largely because uh, uh Joe Thomas I think his name is uh, who plays Kingsley in fresh meat was in in between us and and it seems like a very a very similar character uh Fresh meat is about uh, five university students who miss out on halls at a university in Manchester. I say five. What I mean is I think six. six. Yeah. Uh, well, actually,
2: the sixth one doesn't actually miss out. He's just still there.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, miss out on uh, on. Uh, getting into halls at a University of
2: Manchester and have to go into a student house. Now, this is a cultural difference from from what we're used to. Uh, basically, they they have kind of accommodation for students in universities over in the UK, which is a, kind of like expected, a dorm kind yeah. of thing. Well, we have that here.
0: We have
1: we have halls of residence but here. The, but this is like they're in a share house that's been set up by the university yes. rather than them finding each other.
0: Yes, they've been placed in this house and so have just happened together and uh, and. So they kind of develop a, a relationship and develop their own clique, whereas if they're in halls, uh, each hall has its own personality and its own parties and, and things like that, but they kind of only have themselves. Mm. So it, it is it is a fish-out-of-water story, but uh, a, a, a small school of fish a, out of water. Uh, we've got Vod, who is kind of a, a rough-as-guts girl who loves to drink and and smoke and just snog guys randomly uh we've got howard who is this is not his first year at university he has been there before and he is still in the house when we first see him he is making his own uh, he's it's like, like peeking Duck Duck With a hairdryer Yeah, yeah he, is, he is hanging it up With no pants he's, on With no pants on Because he wasn't expecting
1: anybody else at that moment He was wearing pants of the mind <laughs> he yes. mention, Which was actually quite a nice line <laughs> uh, JP, who is uh, this posh tosser Josie, who
0: uh, is just kind of the, the girl next door uh, as, as you'd expect Oregon, who goes along with everything everybody says she, she just wants to fit in. Well She I'm seems just, to really want to be VOD. I got confused as to which one Oregon was. Oregon's the posh girl. She's the one, she's the one with the red tips at the end of her hair. Uh, and, uh, and, and Kingsley, who is your kind of boy next door. Uh, who, oh, pussy man, is trying trying very hard to fit in, to look like he's popular, look like he knows exactly what he's doing, uh, but clearly has no idea. It is an eight episode series uh, from Channel Four, and I am very entertained by it. I find the uh, the the character interaction reminds me so much of uh, of what it was like to be. 18 and be let out into the world and not know your place, but try to try to make it seem like you were so worldly there are so many clutching the pillow uh cringing
1: moments where everything is just so awkward so yeah this is the whole Marie kid thing you know but oh comedy's about pain no that's pain comedy is funny Two I, different things. I never said I never said it was
0: funny. But the yeah,
3: cringing, I'm, clutching, the cringing, I, I the cringing, the cringing mm-hmm.
0: clutching thing. It 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 reminds me of myself. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are funny bits in in the show, but those aren't the cringy bits. The cringy bits are where the drama happens in in fresh meat. This is where the actual conflict happens. Someone says the wrong thing, or they're trying too hard to play it cool, and. Just miss the mark so dead. badly that, that you know every single moment it feels like you say the wrong thing. You are going to ruin your life, and uh, and and it's about do you care about that or do you not care about that, or
2: are you oblivious to it? Which yeah. JP seems to be oblivious to. to how much of a dickhead he is all the time. It, but every single but one of them wants to... desperate for, for, you know, friends.
1: Yes. Well, it's because I... I I, I, mean, I didn't hate the show, but I certainly didn't like it or enjoy it in any kind of level. And it is weird that and JP... Kind of level. Not really. really. JP is the only character I kind of liked. Like, and I think I realised because JP's... He's the posh one. Because you are He's J. the J. villain. So, no, no, it's actually more... Well, partly because he was cute and a vaguely attractive person in the show. But it was also the fact that um, the show... Oh. The show gangs up against him to such a degree, like the show itself is going, "Oh, he's an asshole! You hate um, him!" That I then had this underdog thing for him, and I actually, oh, like see if, that's if the show's going to be this much stacked against this guy, I felt a little bit before you sorry say. Before you had to say, you have to wait until episode six, Brett. Uh, the
0: three. Uh, no, it took me until six. To, the the thing about the the other thing I like about Fresh Meat is that yes, there is going to be at least one character that
1: everybody's going to root for? Like, for you, that's, for you, that's JP. Well, uh, not necessarily, but it was just he was the only one I kind of thought, well, at least he, he's trying to do something in his life, and everyone else was just gormless and pathetic. It was when he was the only one who kind of felt like he was doing something. Uh, before everyone
0: starts sending their emails in, I do realise I just said root instead of barrack.
2: Brett. I um, uh, I, I think the problem, John, is that uh, you haven't followed the box goes for all three. You haven't seen the third episode. No, because
1: they're, they're too long, Brett. They're too long. The first episode is clearly two 25-minute episodes <laughs> just stuck together so I did see three episodes. It's just they have to make them as two. But, the, but each of the episodes is the same length as the first episode. Yeah, It's yeah, not yeah. like
2: it was a special double.
1: No, no. I, th- I assumed it was when I was watching it and then when I got to the second episode and it did just tell the one story of the 42 minutes, I thought because oh, I, they must have written this as a 25-minute or originally. Because and
2: then the JP thing it. does significantly turn around in the that episode, right? And I, I think that that he was made enough of a dickhead, and 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 in front of everybody, that he's he's kind of been brought down a peg, and so he's not so full of himself, and he's he's actually become a a <laughs> lot more of a, a regular member of of uh, the house. Like yeah. the the attitude that he had when he moved in of of just taking over the the attic. Yeah. Uh, room because he wanted to and, and he could just buy it away. The,
1: the thing I was, I, was, like was a real asshole I, move. I didn't hate this show as much as I hated say Misfits. Like it struck me as this is very English and the same way Misfits is very English it's a whole bunch of quite unpleasant characters that you're meant to go What? oh they're you know they're hilariously. They they're really unpleasant. And they are, they are unpleasant. unpleasant. There's not a single pleasant character in that part. Like, 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 Vod's a bit of a dickhead. There's but pathetic, the there's oh, pa- see, like, there's I, there's really,
0: I really like Vod as a character. I there's like there's them all as a
1: dickhead. was the only two sides to it. And in fact the very first moment the bit we're the drawing of the, the ducks—it mm. struck me as if someone was writing a parody of the worst way you could ever start a sitcom. Like it felt like a, uh, it felt like a big train parody of a terrible sitcom because that's exactly how it worked. A woman comes in, guy with her pants is drawing some ducks with a, you know, a hairdryer. Oh, I didn't know you were there, and. It was. Because I, uh, I love Peep Show. I think Peep Show is a great show. Oh, see, I think Peep Show is... is oh, no, see, I adore Peep Show. Oh, what? A, and I thought you like Peep Show, Josh. Yeah, you just don't listen to what I say. But <laughs> it's been a long time since we've talked about yeah. it. But. Well, and the interesting thing is I saw an article online because it's had quite mixed reviews in England on the show. And it was interesting to see one of them said the thing about Peep Show is that you hear the inner thoughts of the two characters. And the inner thoughts are often very funny jokes and also show this kind of desperate sort of attempting to look normal, attempting to fit in, all the stuff that's kind of introspective and and you can relate to going, oh, I feel like that a lot of the time. This show does the same thing, but by taking out all that internal monologue, you're left with just the horrible things that people do. And if Peep Show was just the things they were doing without that thought.
0: So what, what you're saying is that people watching the show are too dumb to get subtext. Because that's that's what subtext is. Subtext is
1: the things that people aren't saying. No, because I don't think his characters are thinking that stuff. My thing is, I, I think they're just they're just either pathetic or annoying. Did we actually watch the same show? I think we did. Fresh meat. Yeah, fresh meat was just it was just. I mean, it was just dull mostly. But they're just irritating this people. Is a
2: brilliant show. It's yeah, really I think good. it's really. I, mean, not I laughed out loud a lot in, in the second okay. and third episodes. Watching the entire episodes, counting one one show as one show. In, going through in, the in the
0: a third. shock in a shock moment in Box Cutters history. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> with Brett, I, th- I think it's I think it's a great show. I've seen six episodes, six episodes wow. have gone I to air.
1: It's not the worst thing we've watched, but it's, an, it's certainly not
0: an good. episode episode six is so filled with also they're 42
1: minutes long they should be 24 at the most nothing happens you know what you were jet
0: lagged you were sad to be home no one's called you adorable (laughs) in days you were like why do i have to watch this show they are very
1: unlikable bland characters And, and and unlike with misfits they don't even have superpowers there's not even like any kind of particular reason for me to watch these people
0: have you ever been awkward and not fit in I don't think you have. All, I think you've all the always, time, think you've always kind of been accepted, Tall adorable, and, and amazing.
1: And yeah, because you know the society we live in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> people love you <laughs> yeah. uh, b- because this is this to me is it, it's so much what I was like as a first year. The first episode is first impressions, and nobody likes the other people in the house. N- nobody wants to be in student housing in that first episode. Everybody feels like they got a a dud job and. And what you're describing is kind of the same emotions that the people in the, in the house felt. And, and it takes a long time for them to realise who the real people are that they're sharing a house with.
1: But this is, again, and back to the Rule 3 discussion you guys were having the other day. If I get to the end of having watched 90 minutes of this show and I still hate everyone in it, why on earth am I going to watch a third episode? And that's, 90 minutes is a lot of, of airtime to have watched and not liked these people. Yeah, and that's, oh, that's Maybe it's just not
2: for you. Or or maybe maybe your head's moving more into a network executive kind of mode where. Three minutes. I don't like that. I'd elevate pitch. Change this, change this, change <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Why not show me some more interesting
1: characters who might want to do something with their lives rather than the ones that just plonk there whinging for 42 minutes?
3: Oh, where Aren't has, you your, soul <laughs> where has personal personal your soul gone? About what the personal journey
0: might happen, man. That's Fresh Meat. It's on Channel 4 in the UK or Channel BT if you're not there. <laughs> I've, I don't i haven't seen an air date for it here uh it feels like the sort of thing that ABC would be two. abc2 two. uh i liked its credits yes. oh yeah it's got nice credits yeah uh, opening and, credits. And, yeah and, sorry and, i thought i should try and find something and not too long i really like the font they use right you it just say nice. that it yeah a nice yeah font good. Font. actually I, I'm, it is, I'm i'm i'm, in, Brett, I'm so engaged up. by <laughs> the opening <laughs> credits the opening credits were amazing it am. is it is an eight episode it is an eight episode series it has already been picked up for a second series John Richards, you've just come back from Seattle, Washington, United States of America, that is true. where Seattle gay scene called you amazing and adorable. And adorable. <laughs> is that the whole segment? Is that is that all we're doing? Pretty or do, much. Or have you yeah. got more? Have you got more to say? No, because you, you were there showing all six episodes of. Uh, of your show Outland,
1: yes, which is not fictional. I know for years you have thought I've just been making this thing up, but no, an audience has seen it now. Million people, you know. That was know, show of 2010.
2: Yes, we all know how that went down. It was it was
1: it was the
0: greatest show of 2010, and now and now it's just some kind of conspiracy of the Seattle gay community <laughs> to to all admit <laughs> that pre- they have pre- seen pretend it.
1: Pretend that there was a show they watched. Yeah, it's uh, it's the big gay conspiracy. It is It does. Uh, so you so you.
0: You took it over there. They they invited you to come and and show your TV show, which is more than the ABC have done this year. And bless them, though, they gave you money. Uh, and, and so you, you went over there and showed it in a cinema, which relates to something you were saying a few weeks ago about watching Doctor mm-hmm. Who in a cinema. Watching
1: things in public. Yeah. And, of course, I was terrified because being Americans, well, A, they won't understand what we're talking about. B, that joke about Preston won't go down very well. <laughs> and, you know, and also even down to the fact that Doctor Who is still not that big in America. And our first episode kind of hinges around Doctor Who quite a bit. You know, and and uh, your second episode starts with a tram. It does, but they love trams. I've got a tram in Seattle, so oh, that. Okay. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's like they've, they
2: go, they've, they've got them on platforms. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can watch them. You can wave. And... They've got a monorail too. I caught the monorail. They do monorail. I've done that. Uh, awesome. Anyway, because every time I walked in, I go, "Oh my god, I'm in the future." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the with, 1980s future. With I am. Crappy vinyl flooring. Yeah. Uh, so, so it was, it, I was terrified. You know, leading up to this because we genuinely haven't played this to anybody here at all. That's the thing. Like, you, you know, we haven't even done test screenings or anything. You know, it could have been dreadful. And and the American audiences, which I also. I kind of heard about this, but I didn't realize they go mental for stuff. Like they genuinely missed half the dialogue in every episode because they were still laughing at jokes. I remember Greg Proop some years ago talking about Australian audiences freak him out because he'll do his routine and we'll go, Ha! And that's it. Mm. And we'll wait for the next joke. Whereas American comedians are expecting this, Uh, Ha! Because we go,
0: We've acknowledged your joke, we've admitted it was funny. Now make us laugh again Exactly
1: That's what an Australian audience does time is money yep. Don't stop, don't stop And when Americans perform here Often you know, their shows will run like 10 minutes short Because they're, they're so used to allowing for laughter That won't happen So to the Americans Our show was bizarrely packed full of jokes Because they would miss half of them while laughing um, Or cheering or applauding what? And in two cases, gasping with a shock at plot <laughs> points. Like, as, as one, the audience as one, gasped. As one. Including one line that I always knew what it was meant to do, and I was never quite sure it worked. And it's still fine. And the, yeah, and the music, that I put a little thing on it to kind of emphasise it's important moment. But I was never quite convinced it worked. The audience as one went, oh. <gasps> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this is this is insane," um, and yeah, it was just amazing. And then for the rest of the week, people kept coming up and you know, tell me how much they loved it at other screenings and, uh, tell, and then, tell the story about the bar. Ah, uh, well, there was there was a, a lovely gentleman who um, I went, went into a bear bar as one does. Diesel, hello, to everyone at Diesel, and uh, walked They're all in, listening now. They're all listening now, and the barman gave me my own round of applause and whistling which, you know, I'm getting used to now. For for a man who doesn't drink, that's kind of the best thing you can get at a bar. Well, it was also just awkward, because everyone's sitting around going, who the hell's that guy? (laughs) But... (laughs) It
2: sounds like you'd expect Tom Cruise to be. Well, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But the the, the, the,
1: the barman had come up to me because he was driven to tears by one of the episodes. So basically, Christian Arnie. No, it's better. It's good. Christian Arnie's (laughs) body body image issues somehow (laughs) reflected with this hot little trucker dude so much that he came up to. His name's Mike. He's lovely. And it was just. I don't know. It was such a weird kind of. Towards the end of the week, I was convinced that this was some life on Mars coma thing. And and (laughs) all these people were just figments of my imagination because it was getting a little bit out of control. Uh, Finished off, of course, with the award that we won. (laughs) So we won an audience award for the audience votes for each session they go to. And we had massively high voting uh, and also weren't eligible for anything because it's for features, shorts and documentaries. So because we had apparently embarrassingly high scores, they had to create a... (laughs) to create an award, because otherwise it was silly. Best session as TV episodes. Well, it was, it's this audience award special recognition, because... Yeah, the we, the we inaugural. The so well. Yeah, um, and they forgot to announce it on the night, and told me in the car on the way to the airport, oh. when I was leaving. So that was... That was that uh, bit of this I've character. got something <laughs> here for you to take on the plane <laughs> By with the you.
0: way, yeah. <laughs> oh, so do, do you, is <laughs> there an actual There's award? no physical award, oh. sadly.
1: No angry bit of perspex for me. But no, but it was... Um, Look, it was just this amazing experience. The American audience reacted incredibly well to it, much better than what I would ever expected. They did have some problems with the accent, um, which was kind of interesting to watch when they had to really focus on bits to get it. Also, because for them it's so fast, like they were going. The dialogue is so fast, which and apparently my Q and A was very fast too. But I think I was just freaking out. So that was an amazing... But now, now they know how we feel when we watch The Wire. I know, I know. And the other thing we did, which I, I mean, this will be coming up, hopefully, in a, in a, in a, in a, I haven't listened to the audio yet, so hopefully some of it's useful. But um, on one of the days I was there, Bard Eden, who's the programmer for the Oslo Game that's been film festival, and I went to Twin Peaks. We went to North Bend and to Snoqualmie, which is where all the Twin Peaks locations were, slash are. Met the mayor of North Bend, uh, met the guy who actually sort of rented out the 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 mill and and the police station got to wander around the police station. Um, take photographs of each other while giggling, He hey, you next, hee hey. um, Because it turns out no one at Instant or North Bend likes Twin Peaks. So the fact that we oh. were kind of there going, oh, it's the police station, oh, it's this, oh, it's the diner, the food here is terrible. And um, so, yeah, hopefully they might have some, some little. Oh, I, l- I look forward to this.
0: That's, that's in, in a few weeks. Would you take uh, Outland to other film
1: festivals now? Well, originally, we, I mean, this thing, they came to us. It had even, stupidly, it hadn't even occurred to us to do festivals. And it was actually through Continuum where we did that panel about we, science we, fiction for adults. Yes. And Josh did a session, which he just talked to me about Outland as well. And that was actually how they found out about it. And it was through that. And originally we went, I can play two episodes. And they came back going, we're loving this. Can we play the whole thing across two nights
2: of it? Alright
0: so, so would, would so, I also be adorable in Seattle? Is that what you're saying? Not as adorable as me
2: Right Obviously Yeah fair enough So you're not thinking uh, like the trip turning into a movie to release uh, <laughs> uh
1: wide? No no I think yeah, I mean, it's, it's designed to be a TV show And it was actually great to watch it because Central Cinema is this amazing kind of gold class Come dining, come theatre Dinner home show Dinner show It's hard to describe it but it's set up uh, It's basically set up with tables with everyone facing the screen and they always put a little interval thing in. So it worked really well. They played two episodes and then the interval so they could yeah, get everyone's bills or checks, as they call them there. They do. They do. And then it's they, a different country. They do. And then they play the final episode.
0: Well, that's great, yeah. John. That's, that's, really, that's really exciting. I, I can't wait for us to be able to see it here. And give me awards. Oh, I'll give you one now. Thanks. I'll make, just make it up on the spot like they
2: did. <laughs> well done.
1: Can you read it?
0: You're a godsend. Saviour. No, I'm, I'm just the postman, the postman, the postman, the postman, the postman. John Mitzi sent us uh, an email uh, where he says uh, Can you guys review a show called Royal Pains, please? I've been enjoying the first three episodes, and it has just been renewed for a fourth season, so it is being watched by a lot of American." Uh, I did he say a lot of American? Is yes, that, I like that. A it's lot of American. A lot of American. A lot yeah. of. It's a kind of mustard. It's watching. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh, here's here's the thing, John. I think we may have. We we may no, have, I'm Pretty sure we didn't. We didn't review it. We it was, didn't review it, was it on air.
2: Night here uh, from we, the same creator as uh, the the burnt burn notice. Is it?
0: Is it the show about the guy who moves to some kind of resort town where rich people live and he becomes the doctor of those rich people?
2: He gets into trouble in the hospital that he was working in in New York because he wouldn't overcharge or something and, and got away for the weekend, went out to the Hamptons. Yeah. The Hamptons where the, the rich people want to have medical assistance, uh, where where they don't have to answer difficult questions.
0: See, now now, now I'm torn because... I hated that show, but it has just been renewed for a fourth season, and you have to wonder why. But then if you think Psych had, like, five seasons... It's still going. I, is it still going? Yeah. It's yes. still going? Yeah. Right. Think, right. Why? Psych was great. You like everything. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look, maybe maybe we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll give it a could go. Be a
2: things you may
0: could be, a things, could be a things You May Have Missed. Could be
2: Things You May Have Missed. It was a long time ago that it started. It, we, we don't usually review shows on their fourth season outing. Well, why not? Why not? It could be a way. Of, yeah, let's approach it. There's the Things You May miss we, we start the fourth series. Isn't have special. a look.
0: Yeah. If you have an email to you, send to us, hooray at boxcutters.net or there is a, a little form you can use on the website. Well, if I was going to watch one thing this week, mm-hmm. it would be episode six of The Bazoura Project, Thursday night on ABC2. Is that a special one? Or uh, iView. You, you, you know what? It, it, is, it is episode six. It's the last episode of the season. If you haven't seen any of The Bazzurra Project, what the hell have you been doing with your life? Because I, I still think it's one of the best
1: shows on TV. It is excellent. I'm, I'm in episode six, by the way. You're in episode uh, four. four. And six. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It's just, just most of my back and shoulder, but you know. Right. And Ben I've, McKenzie was also in, uh,
2: in, in that episode where you was, were in the classroom. I right? was trying to pick it. Are you in the background at the air store?
1: No, no, no. In episode four, I am behind Ben McKenzie and next to the other guy who speaks. So I, I have a couple of... of uh, I don't, I mean, not, I don't I'm i a non-speaking role. And like you in the classroom. In, in, the, in the episode four, I'm in the uh, – it's not a classroom, it's a, um, a poll, like a, a survey. Yes. Of, yeah. Um, and in episode six, it's at the post-awards moment, I think, and it's my back. is mostly the camera. But you'll see me gesticulating wildly in the background because I was curious to see how, how much hand movement I could do before the director stopped me. Mm. And he mm. never did. Turns out a lot. Yeah, an awful lot. Do you feel like a bit of a dickhead now? No, no, no. I, I just wish I'd gone bigger. I was... Because, yeah, we had to mime a conversation. You know, and I had to talk. And so I was trying to tell this woman about the time I was attacked by a bear. That, that was in, in my head. So it was like a lot of... <laughs> video podcasts. Um, a lot of... Yeah, a lot of that kind of movement to see how much I could go before they stopped stop me. So, you were attacked by a bear? Yeah. Hello, to everyone at Diesel.
0: <laughs> Hello, Diesel. Uh, John, if you're going to watch one thing this week, I've always relied on the comfort of strangers.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> too I, much information. Too much information. I, I haven't had time to look at anything. I actually have a whole bunch of books to read. I'm, I'm going to be a guest on the Writer and the Critic podcast coming oh, up with uh, Ian Mond. Ian Mond, and I have not um, halfway through one of the three <laughs> books I have to get. Uh, through by another week's time
2: now this week and and, and i will return on uh, monday night i'm not sure when this is coming out but but it's kind of a generic uh weekly recommendation for you I, is it is it late late show with craig ferguson because no no it's not um i i actually got into this week tweeting along with Q and A.
0: oh right because we didn't and, and because we didn't record
2: because we didn't record on monday night you, uh, uh, I was able to. to did, did your sit tweets down break the and, screen? And, uh, I don't believe so. It's, it's kind of weird because you're looking at the screen on on your phone during the tweet, so you're not watching the bottom of the screen to see if it comes up. And I didn't record it to watch it back. I thought that would be, you know. But, so, it so it was the engaging with other people while not actually yeah. having to engage with them. Yeah, a bit of that. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, interesting people. Uh, John Waters was on there, and Kate Miller Hargitay, and um, there wasn't too much. <laughs>
3: Sorry, Politicians I, I was told that yesterday,
1: Glenn Dunks said John Waters was on it and Kate Miller-Heike And apparently someone had asked, I hope they asked Kate Miller-Heike about butterflies And it just seemed like, this kind of show that's had prime ministers and people Let's put John Waters and Kate Miller-Heike on there I, I know think- nothing about her I've seen her posters, that's all I, I doubt she'd have much to say about foreign policy mm-hmm. it, it was kind of weird that, that they had to do a song
2: uh, at the end of the show Are you making that up? No, seriously, she did do a song Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table.
0: Just a little bit of pork before we bring Toby Halligan in for trotters. Uh I feel bad because I haven't had a chance to, we we got contacted after I spoke about Fetch TV on the show we were contacted by uh, a guy from Fetch TV saying oh I'll happily explain everything to you all the future and after 2 years of me trying to get someone from Fetch TV uh, on the on the show he finally says this and then I'm way too busy to, to organise it. So I apologize, Fetch T V man, but I, I am, think you'll be listening anymore. <laughs> I am also this weekend packing the thing up in the box and returning it to iInet. I'm not even continuing on with the trial. Not continuing on with the uh, with the Fetch T V trial. It's just not good enough. It's just not a good enough system. I can't read what it says on my television, which I think is a, a big problem. You've got a four to three running letterbox? Uh I've got it 4 to 3, but it's a CRT, so it just doesn't have the resolution that, that it needs. Uh, uh, but they don't warn you about that when you, when you get the box. Also, they've got a deal on at the moment where you can get five movies for free. And I went through all the movies that you would ordinarily have to pay for. And there are things like The Pacifier.
2: That you have to pay for.
0: That they charge $4 for The Pacifier.
2: Mm,
0: Why was... is anyone paying for The
1: Pacifier? Yeah. I would say though, in the defence on that four-three lettering thing, they probably don't also give you advice for how to set up your eight-track audio to work with it, or your oh. or your anvil. Oh yeah, plenty you can, of people
2: have CRT talk, TVs. You can
1: talk now, Mister. I finally have television in my house. No, but things always had a television though, the, the, which was widescreen, so at least I could watch. But my the films technology properly. of connecting it to the antenna—it oh, was woo-hoo. just the antenna bit. Well, the antennas are twentieth century. You, you know what? That's
0: my TV, my TV still works. There is no reason for me to put I, it out on the nature strip with all the other with TVs. All the other TVs. <laughs> I
1: actually saw a wine Screen CRT running for the for the road the other day, which is the first time I've seen a widescreen one running. Um, it was interesting that now that we do have the actual free to way television, it's, it's just we never use it because it's, it's terrible. Because we don't watch any of those sort of shows, we watch downloaded shows, we watch DVD shows. You haven't explored and what's on Eleven or on well, no, but the interesting thing was we were watching the other day, and Chris, my partner, went, Real TV's too slow, isn't it? <laughs> he just got tired of ad breaks and not being able to skip through things. You know, the problem with real TV. There's uh, not enough uh,
0: crying materialism or... uh, or Wild hair. Wild hair. Wild hair. Wild hair. hair. Which I think was a Duran Duran song. It was a huge hit for them. Do you want to play the uh, Trotters theme? This one? (laughs) (laughs) I thought we didn't like it. (laughs) That'll that'll do, Brett. That'll do.
3: That'll do. That'll do. Um, Uh, Toby Toby Halligan. So we were previously discussing um, the likelihood of Apple releasing a TV product. I think um, something that might impact on that decision was uh, a recent announcement by the Consumer Electronics Association, whose statistics have revealed that the American TV market has dropped from a peak of selling 34.8 million units in 2009 to a projected 32.6 million units in 2012. As well, on top of that... um, Hang on, hang on. That's not a huge drop if you consider that...
0: Each year, they are selling more televisions than there are people in Australia.
3: That's the American TV market.
0: Yeah. Each year, America is selling more televisions than there are people
2: in Australia.
1: Here's here's, here's, here's the other factor. It's dropped
2: 700,000 out of 32 million.
3: Sorry, no, it's dropped by 2.2 million.
1: Still, I, I think the fact that it's dropped is more the point. So,
3: so my point is, why would Apple want to get into a market well, where the product base is falling? And also, perhaps more importantly, in 2007, the average screen sold for $982. This year, it's $545. So those right. two facts taken together mean Apple's incentives for investing heavily in... So a TV product. So uh,
0: numbers numbers have dropped, but but revenue has has dropped about
3: fifty percent.
1: Regarding Screen
3: Australia, um,
1: while um you can't see it because you're listening on ears, but there's a there's a graph. Yeah, Toby's yeah. actually got like graphs and charts and colours and I,
3: stuff. I do this stuff. I'm, so exciting! I, I get into it. So while is this, is
0: this on the, in the PDF that they? Uh,
3: it is the drama ex- report. So I've actually investigated we'll, that. Will in link more to that. Detail. So while expenditure on TV drama for adults has indeed grown, and the number of uh, TV shows made uh, in the 2010-2011 season was the highest uh, in more than a decade. The actual amount of expenditure on drama in Australia has dropped significantly by 33%. A large portion of that drop is in expenditure um, from foreign sources on features. So, um, foreign investment in uh, movie-length drama, I guess, obviously. Uh,
1: because we don't have... as dropped significantly. Another matrix. Thing. Uh, but but it's the
3: Australian dollar, I think, would probably be the most significant factor there. Yeah, but, but so
1: TV production stayed the same, are you saying, but feature film production is?
3: Feature film has dropped uh, significantly. So, last year, uh, in 2009 10, the overall investment in drama in Australia was $736 million. In 2010 uh, 11, it was $495 million. So, that's a pretty enormous drop. Mm. Though, there was just more domestic spending. Now, we were talking about subliminal advertising and. This is quite interesting. So I got jumps. a little bit on this. Um, <laughs> <just think> blood <laughs> <jumps>. um, <laughs> well,. It's it's you know what like there there have been some quite interesting insa- instances of it. So just to give a tiny bit of history on it, right? It, uh, the original concept came out in 1895 and was being discussed by psychologists and its possibility. But it kind of first rose to into pop cultural awareness in 1957 when a market researcher named James Vickery called a press conference to announce the formation of a new corporation called the Subliminal Projection Company. What Vickery's claim was that they'd done a six-week test in a New Jersey movie theatre, in which a high-speed projector was used to flash the slogans drink Coke and eat popcorn over the film for one thousandths of a second at five-second intervals. According to Vickery, popcorn sales went up by 57.5% over six weeks and Coke sales were up by 18.1%. In January of 1958, he agreed to conduct a publicly announced test um, over Canadian broadcasting company stations. The message Telephone Now was flashed 352 times during a half hour show but there was no noticeable increase in telephone use during or after the program instead the cbc received thousands of letters reporting unaccountable urges to get up and get a can of beer go to the bathroom or change the channel not a single viewer correctly guessed the message and that's because vickery had completely made up his original study so that's where Uh what john was referring to before the notion that it's kind of that subliminal advertising so, doesn't work. But there have been a whole variety of other studies more done more recently using brain scanning, um, using studies focused on smokers, uh, studies focused on uh, whether the brain registers the existence of an image, focused on stress, focused on emotional reactions that have established consistently that subliminal advertising does work and that it does have an impact. Plutters. To provide you with a few interesting examples of subliminal advertising, during the 2000 US presidential campaign, a television an ad campaigning for Republican candidate George W. Bush showed words and parts of the rob scaling from the foreground to the background on a television screen. When the bu- word bureaucrats flashed on the screen, one frame showed only the last part rats. So does, it, does, ah. it, does that make sense? So yep. there have been qu- uh, quite a few examples. You, you, you referred to the Ari Awards. That's, that was a very prominent one. In February 2007, it was discovered that um, Konami slot machines in Ontario briefly displayed, before you began the game, a winning hand image before the game would begin. And uh-huh. um, this was found to be government officials worried that this was subliminally influencing people from gambling. Uh, they were all removed. And... Um, Yeah, and uh, uh, the most recent example actually occurred with Ferrari's Formula One cars. They sported a barcode design that was criticised exactly. It had, and within the barcode, there was a guy getting hit, that was criticised for subliminally evoking the logo of sponsor company Marlboro, which wound up being removed Ah. from the cars. So there have been a whole variety of examples that suggest that um, executives think it work, uh, doctors think it work. You know, like it does have an impact of some kind. It's what, not what,
1: what were the trials? Though? Can you tell us? Because so, that's obviously companies thinking it works and using it. What, what are the ones when they showed there was an impact? Do you have any of that Yeah, to I hand?
3: do. I do. So in 2007, the University College London, they found the first physiological evidence that invisible subliminal images do attract the brain's attention on a subconscious level level so basically people were showed images that appeared so briefly that you couldn't consciously register it but they established uh, using i believe brain scans uh, using fmris that once the image reaches the retina it does have an impact on brain activity in the primary visual cortex which is part of the octopal lobe Um, subjects brains did respond to the object even when they were not conscious of having seen it. And so the kind of ways they would respond is, say, it might be an angry face or something threatening or something nice or something, you know, and they would register, you know, stress reactions and I think that's how these studies are done along with so the I, brain scanning. I, I, th- I, think it, I think it works f- from what
0: I've heard about subliminal advertising is it doesn't work in isolation. So having KFC or KFC is nice yeah. just show up in uh, in, in the Arias, isn't going to make people want to get KFC, but having uh, having KFC associated with an emotion yep. in, in a particular so show. So
3: if a really happy moment power. was
1: happening and, and the image...
3: So that's where With the manipulation. Yes. That's why I think the Iron Net thing was totally overblown because I, you know it just seemed like a gimmick. Basically, it, it doesn't seem like it proper is, subliminal advertising.
0: As, as Brett said, it's an Easter egg.
3: Yeah. On the other hand, if you say had a KFC ad where you know during it you I don't know I had uh, pictures of famous actresses or people like that that very briefly flashed up that might have you know that would be uh, an example of more kind of I think effective. So so you're watching the KFC
1: ads and then this adds an extra level in your head of...
3: you know uh, because obviously when you're consciously aware of things, you make judgments about them. You say, well that kid's an actor, you know clearly the kid's not happy because KFC. We see so much of this stuff, we just I think naturally, when we're consciously aware of it, screen it out. Um, One of the most interesting studies related to smoking and they took smokers and non-smokers and exposed them to a variety of subliminal material and they found that smokers consistently register to things associated with smoking um, and responded emotionally to them, whereas non-smokers didn't in the same kinds of ways. So in other words, when people were subliminally exposed to images associated with cigarettes, mm. they uh, registered it, even though they weren't conscious that they'd ever seen anything to do with smoking, so that's a perfect example of say where it could be really powerful,
0: or uh, or in McCarth's NewsTopia, where every time he mentioned the Pope, he flashed <laughs> up a picture of Nosferatu.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, another good uh, case in Britain was in 1997 when comedian Chris Morris used a half frame caption at the end of his hysterical show Brass Eye oh, what to a great attack. Show. Yeah, amazing show to attack the chief executive of Channel Four, Michael Grade, for editing the program. The description of his boss came up as Grade is an asshole. basically, right at the end. Um, And so that's subliminal advertising. In another random little interesting sub-factoid, so obviously I guess people are turning to subliminal advertising because advertising generally isn't working. In Britain, advertisers are beginning to create ads that are designed to be viewable at up to 12 times their normal speeds. So they're designed to be viewed by people who are fast-forwarding through the ads. And they do that by having you know a a lingering shot of a brand, a logo, or a famous character. Uh, So... You know the ad still has an effect, even though you're fast-forwarding through it. But that's that's the an effect, old say.
0: Th- th- that is an old uh, thing that well, the that, uh, that's also a blipvert. The, that's the, actually a blip. For oh, that is yes. yes. The, so they, the Australian uh, the, the Australian anti piracy uh, people
2: have tried years ago with "Have you got what you paid for?" Mm-hmm. Oh, at right. the start of video Um But it's uh, it's they also say that it's likely to be more effective because people are watching closely because they want to catch the start of the show coming back.
3: There you go, and that's Tronus. That, well,
0: thanks thanks very much, Toby Halligan. That was very informative. That brings us to the end. ...of Box Cutters 284. Uh, That's also the last Trotters for a while... ...because I'm going away... You don't get to do <laughs> trotters.
2: Yeah,
3: no, I've been locked out of the show. I'm not allowed to be um, at the Triple R studios unless Josh is here. It's oh, like come it's, on, it's like There are
2: what, what, they're, they're all these weeks when you couldn't make it with it It's, it's like you know,
1: when it's the true. Pharaoh dies yeah. and they brick up the servants. Yeah, women. I'm actually
3: being locked in Studio Three <laughs> at Triple R. there don't too any food? If, if you I hear this, please help me. Please help me.
0: It's uh, and uh, and see, so, yeah, so there won't be uh, box cutters for, for a couple of weeks after this. But then then we'll be back with some very special episodes. Uh, And no
2: mother should miss.
0: No, you know, no mother, no mother to be, no one who has ever had a mother mother,
2: uh, living or dead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nobody that ever has had a mother should miss. No, so just very special. So just Rocky
0: from the Rocky Horror Show is the only person I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks uh, very much to everybody. Thanks very much to everyone who uh, came out to Acme last week to hear us speak about star trek turns out i know a lot more about star trek than uh, than i thought i did john knows exactly as much as he thought he did <laughs>
2: it's, it's, the, the, it's, un, it's uncanny yeah that, yeah that was the score at the end yeah, yeah i think yeah is that because you can only know so much about it and john knew everything uh no actually <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. proven wrong by the audience were we <laughs> yeah. interesting uh yeah until i get back my name is josh canal i'm adorable
3: i'm toby hannigan
2: <laughs> i continue to be brett Cropley. adorable as ever thanks for listening to box cutters catch us again next time <laughs> <laughs> same bad time same bad channel and hey let's be careful out there
4: box cutters is produced by josh canal with brett Cropley and john richards and help from courtney hocking and dave lawson john richards edited this episode Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there.
0: John, how come you stress the adorable but not the amazing? I would have thought the amazing would be better.
4: No, no, I think the adorable, because
1: adorables is not a word you would hear outside of, you know, puppies or Angetti's
2: portraits.
0: But doesn't that, doesn't that feel like patronising? No, but I, I, I just like the
3: attention. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to, or have just missed, Box Gutters.